0: Hey there, it's episode 408 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Oh my goodness, I've had a sinus infection for a couple of days and I'm recording a bunch of these episodes when I'm feeling a little bit better. And so if you hear my voice in the last like three months of episodes just being terrible off and on, it's actually one big time that I'm just recording a bunch of things. So no, I have not been sick for three months. It's always it's always that I get unwell before recording a ginormous batch of episodes. And so you might be thinking, who is this girl? She's always sick. I'm not actually. It's just, I really, really, really enjoy batching up the podcast so I can really get targeted and what the message is going to be over the coming months and what our strategy is. And by "our," I always mean me. It's literally just me doing stuff and my amazing podcast editor, Georgios. And so, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that. um, It's probably just something I'm overly sensitive over and you don't even notice that my voice sounds totally bizarre but here we are. So I wanted to share this amazing episode with you that I did with my friend Temple Stewart. And yes, she's actually my friend. I love this human being. Temple Stewart is a registered dietitian nutritionist specializing in low carb ketogenic diets. She graduated from the University of Tennessee before starting her career at the Veterans Affairs Hospital in Bay Pines, Florida. She now owns and operates a telehealth private practice focusing on weight loss and has worked with hundreds of women across the world you might know temple because she is the dot ketogenic dot nutritionist on instagram and her reels are so awesome she was doing reels before it was cool she kept saying i should do them it's not so hard and i waited literally 500 years before i tried it and i'm like oh right this is so much fun i don't know why i was so weird about it um today's episode we're talking about weight loss resistance talking a little bit about labs and what she uses why she uses them, the Dutch test, estrogen dominance, the role of hormones, what to do when your doctor doesn't agree with the protocols you're on. (laughs) Uh, We talked a little bit about Continuous glucose monitors and how this relates to weight loss and how we can use continuous glucose monitors not only to lose weight but balance our ketogenic diet really well. We're talking about stress and other things that affect our glucose. I know I see this a lot in my practice. People will say like, I just, I can't, I can't get into ketosis or my glucose is always elevated and their diet is totally bang on perfect. Stress is usually a leading cause of some of these issues. Okay, so really good episode if you are looking for balancing your blood sugar and losing weight on a ketogenic slash low-carb diet. So let's cut over to our time with Temple Stewart. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. I'm a small-town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner, offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast.
1: Hey, Temple. How are you? I'm so good, and I'm honored to be here with you today. Oh, it's so great. I've been
0: following you on Instagram for a couple of months because a couple of ladies on Instagram told me that I need to follow you, and you're amazing. You share such great content. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so I just shared your bio and told everyone about you formally, but I'd love for you in a couple of words to just tell us
1: who you are, what you love, what you do, what lights you up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Temple Stewart. I'm a registered dietitian. I'm living in the beautiful state of Florida. I love the ketogenic diet. I've kind of gone my own way with the private practice in the last couple of years. So I love helping clients. They're really my biggest why is just seeing people's health and, and, and improvements there. I love my family. So I have two, three kiddos, one adopted one foster and one biological little baby that I just had in March. So I'm a new mom, per se. So I love my family. I love my church. We have a great church family here in Tampa. And so yeah, that's just kind of sums me up in, in a nutshell. But really, my, my biggest why is, is helping people live healthier and, and more fulfilled lives.
0: Brilliant. And what was that like going to school, probably learning certain things? Was the ketogenic diet part of that education?
1: When did you find keto? And how did you start adding that to your practice? Yeah. Great question. So ketogenic diet was a very small blip in my college career. So I remember in one class, we did like an experiment where everyone drew a diet out of a a fishbowl. And I got the ketogenic diet. And then I had to like kind of self figure all of this out. But that's literally my only experience. It was like a two week experience. And that was it. I didn't learn about insulin resistance. I didn't learn about the benefits of keto. I didn't learn about what it could treat. I didn't learn any of that in college. And And really my, my kind of specialization in keto and my knowledge in keto just comes from working in a clinical setting. I worked at a hospital for a couple of years with, with veterans here in Florida. And I started dabbling in keto when, when the stuff that I was normally preaching and taught as a dietitian just wasn't working. And I was getting really frustrated with the typical recommendations and I just wasn't seeing my veterans improve. So I I started dabbling into Verta Health and, you know, getting involved in learning through Dr. Benjamin Bickman and Dr. Barry, and kind of all the big name keto people. And then I started using it on veterans in the hospital and just started to see just jaw dropping results with weight loss, with A1C reversal, with improvements in autoimmunity or autoimmune diseases. It was really, really incredible and a kind of a pivotal moment in my life when I kind of had like a midlife career crisis, where I thought everything I had learned was just not, not there and not correct. And I figured out that there was something better. So ever since, you know, I always describe it as like the light came on and I haven't been able to turn it off since. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what shifted me into, into this realm. That's so
0: amazing. And it really takes that lifelong learner. You know, you come out of school and you have all those little boxes and they teach you about the body and different functions and those things, but it's not until the practitioner gets out into the world. And if they're good at what they do and they enjoy learning, they start saying, Oh, this box connects to this box, which connects to this box. And it all starts to just come together. And it's cool that you saw that and were able to implement that in your own practice, you know, working with the veterans just in the moment, as you were going, that must've felt
1: pretty amazing to just start to see progress. Hey. Yeah, no, totally. And you know a part of that too was i was kind of struggling with my own health journey i was diagnosed with pcos and i was not having cycles and i was diagnosed with hashimotos and like alongside these veterans health my own health was tanking and so you know not only was i seeing improvements in their lives but i completely reverse PCOS, got my Hashimoto's into remission and, and did a lot of things that I was like, wow, this, this really works, but you're right. It, it's, it's lifelong learning and knowing that the rest of my life will be about making things better and learning more. And so now that
0: you are not working so much in that hospital clinical setting, then you decided to open up
1: your own practice. What kind of people are you working with now? Yeah. So my, my ideal client are women, clients are women. So I see women ages, you know, probably 35 all the way up to 65. Typically I see weight loss resistance clients, insulin resistance clients, those who are looking to, to lose weight, but also maybe get off medications and reverse autoimmunity, things like that. So that's kind of, that's the majority of who I work with now. I do still see men every now and then, but, but definitely have a bend towards helping, helping women.
0: As do I, my friend, as do I, (laughs) men will message me and say, can I get happy keto body? And I'm like, no, you probably just don't. It's going to be a waste of money. I I'm a woman. I enjoy women's health. It's just where it's at right now for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's it's yeah, it's my passion too. So you said weight loss resistance that might
1: be new to people. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So weight loss resistance is just not being able to lose weight despite efforts. So whether that's, you know, a lifelong dieting, whatever, yo-yo dieting, whatever you want to call it, it's it's not being able to lose weight when you're putting in perceived efforts. And, and the reasons for this can go on and on and on and on. And so most of my women come to me frustrated with something. And I really, I take it upon myself to dig deeper and try to figure out, okay, it, you know, hormones, what hormones are at play, you know, disruptions in sleep cycles. What is it that's causing this? So, and weight loss resistance is common and it's definitely a symptom. So a lot of times people, especially with maybe thyroid imbalances or dysregulation, Weight loss resistance is not normal, right? Your body doesn't want to necessarily hold on to excess weight. And so that would be kind of like my brief sum of, of what re- weight loss resistance is. It's incredibly frustrating and it can do some damage on mental health as well, especially when you're, you know, you're giving it a hundred percent effort and it just doesn't seem to, the scale doesn't seem to move. Could weight loss resistance be
0: part of insulin resistance? Are those separate? Could insulin resistance cause weight loss
1: resistance? Can you explain a little bit of the difference there? Yeah. So weight loss resistance, I think can be caused by like a ton of things. I think it can be caused by estrogen dominance or insulin resistance. It can be caused by, by a lot of other things to me, weight loss resistance is like a red flag of something going on deeper inside or, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, Hey, we need to check deeper. We need to look deeper. We need to figure out what could be going on, whether it's insulin resistance, too much cortisol, on and on and on, too much stress, not enough sleep, leptin resistance, resistance. I'm using resistance a lot, but you get the point with the hormones.
0: (laughs) The body is not moving. And I find a lot of people, it takes many years to get to these places. It's not like one day you woke up and all of a sudden you were 50 pounds over your quote unquote ideal weight and your body hurts everywhere. Like this didn't happen overnight. And so I think a lot of people, you know, they get on this program, they see things online, they maybe work with a coach And they're saying, well, if you just exercise a little bit more and change your macros and adjust things, everything will work fine. Maybe they're getting into food allergies, perhaps a little bit like remove the dairy, take the supplement. How is what you do different than that approach? And where are you finding people getting stuck within that realm?
1: yeah, so, and this is a great question because you're you're a hundred percent correct. Health really, truly is a lifelong journey, whether that involves weight or whether that involves you know mental health, whatever it is. And you're right, it didn't happen overnight, so don't expect all these changes and and to be this you know new creation overnight. The body was so intricately designed and beautifully designed to work in sync and and hormones play a big role in this. and and again, what I do is problem solving. So I like to look at labs. I like to see the whole picture, I guess, is how I would describe what I do is I'm not going to do the whole eat less, move more, or everything in moderation, or you're just not exercising enough. Those broad blanket statements just don't work when you're encountering issues that are, are, are just deeper than that. And so like I said, I want to investigate. I want to look at hormones. I want to look at stress. I want to look at your sense of belonging. I want to look at your food habits. I want to look at your relationships. I want to look at all of that stuff and take that into consideration to make a more individualized approach to weight loss, because what's going on with, you know, John Doe is a lot different from what's happening with another client. And so you really have to take a look at you know, there's probably hundreds of factors if you wrote them all out of of what is involved in in weight loss and health. And so I think just giving people broad blanket statements or even like pictures of my plate and that type of stuff is not helpful and doesn't actually get to the, to the root cause.
0: Let's talk about the symptoms of hypochlorhydria, also known as low stomach acid. Abdominal pain, bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, undigested food in your stool, acid reflux, heartburn, sound familiar? Out of all of the patterns I see in my clients' hair tissue mineral analysis and even in their blood work, low stomach acid is a huge issue. What helps stomach acid? Sodium. If you're on a ketogenic diet, chances are you are not consuming enough sodium. Now, sodium is the body's great solvent. It's a primary alkalizer and it influences stomach acid levels. If you're dealing with allergies, abdominal bloating, depression, dizziness, fatigue, low blood pressure, poor protein digestion, like you eat some protein and it just feels like it sits in your stomach, even weakness can be because you don't have enough sodium. Now, my favorite way to boost my sodium on a daily basis is to take at least three packets of element electrolytes per day. That's a little bit hardcore for most people, but I tend to be a little bit more adrenal deficient. And so taking these electrolytes while I'm eating a low carb or even as deep as a ketogenic diet just takes things to the next level. I've been using Element here for over two years, and I can say they are the best electrolyte powder, hands down. If you've never tried Element, or maybe you just haven't found the right flavor for you, you're in luck. My friends over at Element put together a really sweet offer for us. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share them with a friend that's maybe on the fence about joining your electrolyte party. Get yours by going to drinklmnt.com slash KDP. This deal is only available through my link. So you must go to drinklmntcom slash K-D-P. Element offers a no questions asked refund also. It's totally risk free. So if you don't like it, share it with a friend and get your money back. No questions asked. Again, that's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash K-D-P. Yes, so, so true. And I think a lot of people, you know, as they feel stuck and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with them, they listen to podcasts and they watch YouTube videos and they're like, okay, I have a set of six things that I'm going to do and none of those things work. And then they go on to the next set of 10 things they're going to do and none of those things work. And what I'm hearing you say is, really customizing the program for someone is not just necessarily a really good intake form, (laughs) but it might be really understanding from a hormonal perspective, uh, perspective, rather running labs for that. And what kind of labs are you running to really get that full picture beyond just a really good intake form? Yes,
1: that's another great question. So I really like to look at all of your baseline, like the CBC, your fasting insulin, your HSCRP. I think the Dutch test is a great great picture of what could be happening behind the scenes with women's hormones. I like to look at cortisol. I like to look at DHEA, all of those, you know, and taking them all, all in consideration versus just kind of cherry picking one or two, or, you know, and figuring out, okay, we're in the, in the tree or in the the cascade of hormonal effects. Is is there a missing link or something damaged? And so those are kind of like baseline stuff. I think it can get really complicated really quick. And a lot of times different practitioners will have different perspectives on where the problem may lie, which can also can complicate things for clients is like, Oh no, your problems here, or, your problems here or take you know, birth control or take, you know, metformin or something like that. And that'll just fix it without looking into the whole cycle and how this hormone affects this hormone or how, you know, it all plays into the bigger picture.
0: Yes, completely. And I think when it comes to Dutch testing and really understanding your hormones, I really want to drive this home because I've worked with practitioners where they're like, let's run your hormones. I'm like, great. I'm ready to give you my saliva. Let's do this or my urine or whatever. And they're like, okay, blood time. And I'm like, mm, nope, nope.
1: Moving
0: on. <laughs> That's Quickly. not going to tell us much. I mean, oftentimes when I, you know, sometimes doctors will include lab work with hormones and clients will say, look, look my hormones. I'm like, I really like, sure. We can kind of use it to kind of understand kind of, but what are your thoughts on as it relates to hormones? You mentioned estrogen dominance and, oh boy, we can get into that and how challenging it is to lose weight when you have too much estrogen but what are your thoughts on dutch versus common lab work with blood as it results uh, as it relates rather to hormones yeah
1: so i like to think of blood work as like a picture and i like to think of like dutch testing as like a video so like if you were to look at a snapshot of someone's life and you take blood work and you get this one picture there's so many factors that go did you did they take the blood work fasting or not did they have coffee before or not? How was their sleep the night before they took blood work? There are so many factors that come into play when you look at this picture of blood work. Now, when you look at Dutch testing, you're getting more of a video throughout the day with a certain times. And same thing with like blood glucose monitors, continuous glucose CGMs. That's another thing that, okay, this is more of a video. This is looks at like a, a period of time versus one single snapshot. So I'm right along with you. Like blood works great. It could, it, it may be us in the right direction, but I think there definitely needs to be some investigation. And another good example of this is where like conventional medicine can fail us sometimes is like thyroid testing. Like you have someone come to you that's having every symptom of of hypothyroidism and feels like crap and can't keep her, you know, can't stay awake and all of this. But then you see, there's only like two thyroid tests, sometimes even just one, you know, and panel taken blood panel. So anyway, I'm rambling, but I like to think of blood work as a, as a snapshot. Whereas some of these tests, Dutch tests, continuous blood glucose monitor, some of these other things that you can see are real Trend, And you can also take into consideration other aspects of, of what's going on in their life. Are they sleeping? Is there stress? Is there insulin resistance present? Is there any other current diagnosed medical conditions already happening? So I think you, there's a lot of factors that come into play when you when you read labs in that sense.
0: Yeah, great answer. And I think what I'm hearing you say is it's really up to the practitioner to kind of come up with that big picture and really understand. You know, for some clients, it may be the Dutch test, for some clients, it may be something else with blood work. And you're trying to get that big picture. And earlier, you were talking about how practitioners may have different routes to get to different things, or perhaps they will prioritize different things. I know that I've worked alongside different practitioners with the same client, and I'm like, no, we need to support this first. And they're like, no, we need to do this first. How does a client or how do people listening try to balance that out? If they're working with a dietitian and they also have a naturopath or like how do they properly coordinate these
1: protocols? Is it best to just work with one person at a time or thoughts on that? Yes. So I don't think, I think that one, we have to do better as a population of really, knowing our stuff and being willing to kind of do your own research, which not, I'm not saying you need like a medical degree. I'm just saying it's really important to really look at who you're seeing, see what they treat, how they treat it. What's their approach? Is it functional medicine? Is it conventional medicine? Do they specialize in, in thyroid? Do they do this? I don't think it's always a good idea to just work with one professional at a time. I think you want as much perspective and different perspective as you can get. But a lot of this, unfortunately, is really becoming mindful of your own body. And I think this is a huge missing link with a lot of people that I work with is they they want like someone to tell them exactly what's wrong. And they're not necessarily ready to do the work that it takes to become really mindful of symptoms and how you're feeling and what are your stress levels like and all of these things that are important to know about yourself. And want someone to answer that for them. And that's not always the case. So I hate to use the words trial and error, because that's just like, we don't want to have any error with our health. Right. But a lot of, I think a lot of this stuff is really like trying your best doing your research and seeing really how your body responds and how you feel, because we're also bio individual, right? What you feel best may be different lab values than where I feel best. And I think we need to make sure that we're not cookie cuttering. Oh, that's definitely not a word. <laughs> but we're not putting everyone in the same box. You know what I mean? And, and nutrition and, and and hormones and labs and all of this shouldn't be like, these are the parameters and, and nothing else can be normal.
0: Yes, totally true. What I'm hearing you say is education and responsibility, you know, working with practitioners that not only know some things, but also can educate you on here's what's going on. What are your thoughts? How do you feel about this? What decision like what do you want to do? And so I think a lot of people, you know, they work with so and practitioner one, practitioner two, and maybe practitioner three, and they're all saying different things. Well, it's up to you to take in those things and be like, okay, so this person saying this, and this practitioner saying this, mm, I'm kind of leaning toward this because they said this about that, and and so to really take responsibility of the actions that you're doing for your
1: own health, would that be a good summary? That is an incredible summary. Yes, we really need to really focus on that. And I think that that what you just said about, you know, prioritizing and also being clear about what your goals are, right? If there's a practitioner that really wants to focus on energy, but you really want to focus on weight loss, being open and, and and comfortable and confident to talk to that practitioner about that and what you really want and what you expect and, and view as success. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, we're going to do a little crash course on determining whether or not you need vitamin C using your standard blood work. So if you have a blood work panel sitting around, maybe it's a couple months old, maybe a year old, and you want to follow along, I'm going to show you how to determine whether or not you need vitamin C. I want you to look at your RBC. We want that level to be around 4 to 4.5. If it is above this, chances are you might need vitamin C. Another really good marker for vitamin C need is albumin. If it's looking a little bit low, let's say it's like 4.2 or 4.1, in addition to that RBC being elevated, it might be a good sign that you need vitamin C. Another really good marker to use for vitamin C need is your alkaline phosphatase. Is that if this is elevated beyond 100, chances are, in addition to the other markers, you might need vitamin C. Now, these are just a couple of handful of markers that I see elevated and kind of wonky in a couple of my clients that requires them to take vitamin C. Now, There are a whole bunch of different ways that you can take vitamin C, but the most effective way to actually balance things out is a whole food-based vitamin C. And that's why I love Paleo Valley Essential C. It's been third-party lab tested as the most powerful 100% natural vitamin C product on the market today. It contains not one, but three of the most concentrated natural sources of vitamin C, amla berry, camu camu berry, and unripe aceola cherry the most potent source of natural vitamin C on earth, which is 120 times higher than found in an orange. Each nutrient packed serving delivers 750% your RDI of vitamin C, an amount meant to help you thrive, not just survive. Most other vitamin C supplements are derived from GMO corn and only contain one fraction of the vitamin, ascorbic acid. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains the entire spectrum with absolutely no synthetic vitamin C, just organic superfoods. Head on over to paleovalley.com and load up on a couple of bottles of their vitamin C complex. Whatever else you find that catches your eye, if I had to tell you like a recommendation, I really, 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 really love their meat sticks. They're fermented. They're fantastic. And when you enter the code KETO at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and use the code KETO for 15% off your first order as it relates to weight loss, are there certain things sometimes that need to be addressed before weight loss can happen? Like for example, if you have insulin resistance, you know, there are these big ticket items that are stopping you from losing weight. Do you kind of need to deal with those first or can you lose weight at the same time as dealing with them? Kind of what's your approach for that? Cause I know people can get very impatient if they're not seeing the scale
1: go down weekly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess my answer is both. And I think it depends on the individual. So and, and triaging their problem, if their number one problem is binge eating, and that's taking control of their life, and it's affecting their quality of life, then I'm not going to focus on weight loss with them. I, because it's, it's going to be futile, right? I need to focus on okay, what's causing these binges? Why is it maybe it is blood sugar dysregulation or something of that nature. But I think it's really important to triage maybe someone's so so inflamed, and they just their CRP levels are just through the roof with them yes weight loss is definitely probably going to be important but addressing the inflammation is going to be priority because weight loss is not necessary it could be an indirect effect or someone with with her, like a very very high blood sugar levels or very high a1c like i want to take care of that and prioritize that before we worry about weight loss and also discuss the importance of these things with the client so i think also when you prioritize certain things that are happening in the body I think weight loss is also a symptom of maybe symptoms, not the right word, but weight loss comes alongside of getting healthier typically. So if there's something that's off, whether it's your incredibly insulin resistance or your cortisol levels are through the roof, or again, bringing up estrogen dominance, if these things are present, you can try as much as you want to do things to lose weight. But if you don't address the actual problem that's causing the weight, then again, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to throw in the towel and then you're going to be on this constant cycle of up and down and, and, feel feel really, really incredibly defeated.
0: Yes, completely. And usually chat with your doctor about appetite suppressants or going on the HCG diet and taking a completely different route to things, which can, would you feel can complicate things sometimes if people have insulin resistance or estrogen dominance, and they're like, you know what, I just can't even work on this. I just want to lose weight. And then I'll deal with these problems.
1: Do you see that? Oh, absolutely. All the time. And it's so hard to watch as a, as a practitioner because it's, it's out of sheer desperation, you know, and I'll see people do very, very extreme things that in turn have effects on their hormones just as much than if they were to, and it's not their nine times out of 10, it's not their fault. It's that they haven't had someone really investigate what's going on, or they haven't had the right encouragement and the right support and the right at least in the right direction. So yeah, it's, it's really defeating. And it, it not only takes a toll on physical health, but I think it also gets them into this kind of all or nothing mentality of like, okay, I'm not losing weight. I'm just, why try it all? And then now it's, you know, bring on all the bad foods and all the lifestyle behaviors. So I think when the pendulum can swing very quickly, when, when there's desperation for weight loss involved for sure. And yeah, like I said, it takes a toll on not only physical effects, but it can really work on people's mental health as well.
0: Yeah, completely. And you mentioned a continuous glucose monitor, CGM. What are your thoughts on using that for weight loss? And how do you use it with your clients? How do you feel it can help on the ketogenic
1: diet? Yeah, I think it can. I think everyone at some point in their life should wear a continuous blood glucose monitor. I've worn Nutrisense. I've worn levels, I they're all I think they're great. And continuous blood glucose monitors really, again, give you a really good indicator of how your body in particular responds to certain foods it also gives you a good indicator of you know the order of foods are you what it, it gives you just a beautiful picture and then it'll also show you hey if you didn't sleep that well that night it can show you how how elevated your blood sugars will be the whole next day so i think it brings those numbers to the forefront of your mind so you're kind of constantly analyzing And realizing how quickly these things can be affected. And it also gives you a good picture of, like, okay, how can I improve this? You know, eating protein first or making sure you get, you know, some sort of movement in, whatever the case may be. I think it gives you like a clear picture of, okay, this is what's happening. This is what makes it worse. And this is what makes it better. And then that way you're able to adjust based on your specific readings.
0: Yeah. It's so great. I thought I was introduced to CGMs probably about a year ago. And I was like, that's dumb. Why would I need to use that? I have a pretty good handle on things. I feel pretty great. And I put on a levels monitor for a month and oh man, like it was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. It was just like, wow, Uh, fasting does not work for me. My glucose gets Mm -hmm. so incredibly low. My sleep is affected. That's why I wake up. My glucose gets so low that it wakes me up. It stimulates cortisol. And so learning all of these things about myself in such a short period of time, was such a game changer. And I'm sure your clients too, not only having the app, but having you to be like, oh, that's because of that. And that's because of this. It takes out a lot of the trial and error of like, I see mountains and peaks, but I don't really know what to do with these ups and
1: downs. Yeah, I am very similar. I was able to identify several things that were like lack of sleep. I was, I'm currently breastfeeding too. So there's shifts with that. So yeah, it's really invaluable information. And you're right, because when I have a client on a CGM, they can just show me their numbers and it makes my job like, 100 times easier, just like, okay, this is what went wrong. This is what you had. This is what the start of your day looks like. Let's rearrange things. So it really can, the more information and good information you can give a practitioner, and you know this, the easier it is for us to troubleshoot.
0: Yes, completely. I like all the, like, give me all the data. It's like Christmas for me. Every time I open up a new client file, I'm like, oh, I got data. I'm just going to sit here with a good tea and just like dig right in. It's just, it's my favorite thing probably in the world. <laughs> yep. No, same, same. So you were mentioning stress and glucose and how it affects, it can affect our glucose. Can we talk a little bit more? Because I don't feel like people truly understand how stress and other impacts like trauma could potentially show up in
1: our glucose numbers and how all that works. Yeah. Well, just like you said, stress can cause fluctuations in blood glucose. And people don't think they're stressed until you start checking your blood sugar levels, right? We have this kind of like, and I believe that this a lot is, is society and and this kind of like hustle and grind and always on the go. And even with like COVID. I mean, I don't know if you saw the same article, but like a hundred pediatric diabetes cases went up like 158% during COVID, which is like, I mean, that's, that's, it's shocking really the numbers. And anyway, stress just plays such a role in your, in your body, whether it's through inflammation, whether it's through change in blood glucose levels. And one example of, of like trauma that's an immediate stress response. That's a flight or fight. It, people who are experienced, especially I work with foster children and, and have a foster child and that stress fight or flight response is so powerful in the body because it's meant to save your life, right? And I think it's really important and, and wearing a CGM and ch- or even just checking your blood sugar can really show, okay, wow, that really affected me. You know, maybe you got in a fight with your spouse or something like that and, and you could maybe see your blood sugar be elevated the whole next day you know? So I think that that just, again, is another piece of data that can lead us back to what could be the root of someone's issue. You know, maybe they're eating healthy, maybe they're participating in good exercise, maybe they're getting enough sunlight, maybe they're doing all the right things supplement wise, but there's still that key factor of trauma and stress and something that they haven't dealt with in their life. And that could still be throwing their health out of whack.
0: Yes, completely. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at people's CGMs or we start tracking things and they have, The perfect diet. Like it is absolutely perfect, but they cannot control their glucose and it is perfect. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: Like you're doing all the right things and you're still not, like there's still something missing. Completely. And I think what that does is that forces us to look, okay you know, I've prioritized physical health, I've prioritized my dietary needs, but I have not prioritized either mental health or stress response, or how I'm coping. And so I think that that's a whole nother aspect of health that a lot of times gets put on the back burner. And and again, going back to, you know, fasting and exercise and things like that, that can all make that mental health aspect worse in a lot of cases. And so I think, again, just understanding that that's, you know just as important as physical in a lot of realms to keep all of this, you know, improving or or under control. Yeah,
0: completely. And I guess that kind of takes me to a curiosity because you are so busy on Instagram. You create amazingly sparkly, beautiful reels. You're also a mom and you have a business. How do you personally manage all of that? Also being a woman of faith and being involved in the church, like how do you do all of that personally and maintain non-stress states? as best as you can.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You know, in a little bit of vulnerability here, I'm still working on it. It just, I, this is a very challenging thing. And I think even the best, most knowledgeable practitioners on earth have got stuff to learn for the rest of their lives because our lives are in seasons, right? You know, we kind of go, the seasons change and yeah, it's, it's very challenging. And again, what grounds me is my faith. And I think always going back to what is most important in my life and is it's kind of almost like a, like a pyramid. So if my spiritual life is good, if I feel confident and I'm doing the things I need to do and, and I'm taking care of people then it's my family, you know, and making sure that my, my priorities are in order because as soon as one of those blocks gets pulled out from under me, then that's where things start to collapse. So I do your typical, you know, I obviously pay attention to what I'm eating. I make sure that I get movement in. I don't over fast or do things that, that will wreck my hormones. And I think that comes from years of being in tune with my body. I make sure I get sun. And that's a a great thing that I have the ability to do in here in Florida is, you know, get outside, get into nature, love all my kids. I make sure that I have separate boundaries of, you know, this is family time. And this is, this is work time is another thing that I think helps. And I, I really try to just make sure that my priorities are in check and that, you know, I loved, I've always loved the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. And so I, in order for me to love my family and to love people is it's most important that I make sure that I'm really grounded in my faith and that my family is next.
0: Yeah. That's something I'm continuously working on is setting clear boundaries, especially as it relates to being an entrepreneur, because it's very easy to just have that seep into all aspects and you're like, I could read my Bible or I could get started on my emails or I could, you know, have a movie night with my husband, or I could answer emails at the same time and prepare for podcast episodes. It is, it, it creeps in. And I think everyone can relate to that in some way, shape or form. And it may mean saying no to things and, Oh, I hate saying no to things it. Oh,
1: it is. I have major FOMO. I really dislike <laughs> saying no to things. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you read or heard of the book, the ruthless elimination of hurry but it's a really incredible book. And it talks about just society is constantly pressuring and you're right. Entrepreneurial, this is a hard space to be in for anyone, you know, and I, that would be a good, good book. I I really love the ruthless elimination of hurry. And it really just helps you break it down of like, why are we the way that we are? Why is society put so much pressure? And it's a really great book. So I would, I would recommend that.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Temple. That's great. So I guess one of the questions I've really enjoyed asking fellow Christians when they come on the show is really how they balance their faith and how they kind of be women of faith in the practice that they're in. So I'd love to know from you, uh, like how it, loving Jesus has
1: inspired the work that you do and just how all that looks like on a daily basis for yourself. That's a great question. So my husband is a, is a pastor here in Tampa and, you know, faith has always been a a big part. Well, the foundational part of our marriage, but also just a big part of my life in general. And again, I think this goes back to like, you know, Jesus loved people and that's what I want to show. And that's what I want to be. And that is where my business flows from is I want to help people and I want to glorify God when I do it. And I want to make sure all eyes are on him, whether it's through growth on Instagram, whatever the case may be, I want to make sure that I'm a reflection of the love of Christ. And so that's what I show to my clients. And that's how I want to treat all my clients. And so, and I believe that people do the best and love people the most and are able to influence and impact and lead when they feel good. So a lot of my passion for health comes from a place of like, when I was sick and I didn't feel good and I couldn't keep my eyes open, I wasn't able to go out and do the things that I wanted to do. And, and I wasn't able to love on people well, because I just didn't feel good, you know? And I wasn't, I was spending a lot of time in bed and it was just a hot mess. And so, I think that faith is interwoven in everything that I do and I want anybody, whoever they come to me whether they're Christian or not, to notice something different and to know that they're cared for and that they're loved on and ultimately I want them to be able to see the light of Christ in what I do. Again, whether it's making a goofy reel on Instagram or, you know, one-on-one coaching with clients. And again, I think that my husband being a pastor and and being around a lot of people in that in that space, I think it's always just a constant reminder of you know, using platforms that you have to really glorify something bigger than you.
0: Amen. Beautiful answer. Wonderful. I love that. And I can relate to that so deeply. Where can people find more from you, work with you, catch you on Instagram, tell us all
1: the places. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I'm at the dot ketogenic dot nutritionist. Find me there. Go there. I'm also on TikTok. Same name, the ketogenic nutritionist. I'm also on Spotify. So those are kind of my three things. All the ketogenic nutritionists, you can type in Temple Stewart. I'm probably the only one <laughs> with the name Temple. So look me up there. Shoot me a message. I love to to stay in contact with listeners. And so find me on those. Give me a follow and I'm and I'm happy to connect and And it was wonderful being here with you today. Again, I'm really honored and I've loved watching your journey into faith. I think that was one of the most inspirational things. And I commend you, Leanne, on just talking about your transformation and, and giving your testimony. That is, it's awesome and really incredible. So, and I support it. So anyway, I'm rambling again, but I really am honored to be here.
0: All glory to God. It's none of my own doing. (laughs) I feel so incredibly compelled. Sometimes I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah, we're doing this. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. I agree. All glory to him. I'm I'm like a fish on the end of a line who's just on for the ride. That's what it feels like at times. So (laughs) just rolling with it. Temple, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really great to chat with you. I hope you enjoyed our episode here with Temple. The best way to reach out to her and just connect with her and see what she's doing is to go to Instagram, the.ketogenic.nutritionist. She also has a website, templetheketonutritionist.com. Okay, we will see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Bye! Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information and respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.